Welcome to the Perennial Wellness Podcast, the podcast that will lead you to better health, wellness, and nutrition knowledge. This show is hosted by myself, Kristen Crowley, and my co-host, Brittany Wharton. We are registered dietitians, fitness enthusiasts, and outdoor lovers. With over 10 years of nutrition studies, we want to bring to you the different conversations about nutrition to help you become the best you. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Today, we will be talking about gut health to finish up our gut health series. We're just going to do some common myths and conceptions about gut health and go over some general topics and hopefully some fun information for you guys. Yeah, we're, we've been out of it for a little bit. We had a little bit of a summer break, but we're going to finish up this gut series. Talk about stress on the gut. Um, talk about some of those common misconceptions like he was saying. So we're really excited to wrap it up and give you guys some good information. Yes. And on the next podcast, be sure to tune in because we'll tell you everything that we've been up to, what we've been loving and everything that we've been interested in. Yeah, it was a, it was a great summer. So it's a good summer. That is for sure. I can't believe it's over, but it doesn't feel like it's over. (laughs) It will be the summer that never ends. All right, Key. So what do we want to start with as far as our gut health is concerned. What topics do we want to touch on and go over? Yeah. So we're just going to give you guys a little refresher of kind of what gut health is in general. If you've listened to the past few podcasts, you've heard gut health mentioned a lot of times. You've heard different, you know, issues that maybe can come up with the gut and heard some tips on how you can help support and have good gut health. Um, So we just want to make sure that we're always having a good balance and optimizing function of our gut health, which is our GI tract, which is where everything, you know, is absorbed, digested, um, your immune system, your microbiome, which we mentioned in the last podcast, inflammation, and one cool one, the gut brain connection that we'll dive in today a little bit about. Um, all of these things are happening. And so just making sure that we're staying on top of our game and focusing on all of those little areas. Absolutely. So you're talking about that gut brain connection. So I know before we were starting the podcast, we were talking about neurotransmitters. So those communicators that are in our body and one of them is serotonin. So tell us a little bit about what's going on about serotonin and what it is and and what do we see going on with that link in our gut? Serotonin, of course, as we all know, is one of those neurotransmitters that makes us feel good. It makes us feel happy. You know, it gives us all of those good little tingling feelings. Um, and actually, fun fact is 90% of our serotonin is found and made in the gut. So if your gut's off and you're feeling some type of way, it could, you know, have a relation to your gut health overall and what your body's making. And this goes for a lot of the different neurotransmitters that we'll talk about through it. Um, But it can be altered by inflammation, um, sleep, your appetite, any kind of dysbiosis in your gut, anything like that um, can affect the amount of serotonin that is made and stays, you know, around in your gut. 
Yeah, so really important to make sure that we're keeping a variety of those vegetables, making sure that we're decreasing stress to keep that microbiome really balanced, have a good variety. So any other neurotransmitters we want to talk about? Yeah. So also one that you may or may not have heard of before is your GABA, which is like G-A-B-A. It's called GABA. This is a neurotransmitter that you've probably seen if you've ever bought any kind of like sleep supplement, because this one is more calming to the body and to the mind. Um, If you have any kind of alterations, it can be linked to like anxiety. So it's you know, if you have a good amount of GABA, you probably have great sleep, you're probably really calm, your body's relaxed whenever it should be. Um, Things like that. If you don't have enough GABA, you might have that anxiety, you know, late at night, whenever you're trying to sleep, and things are going on. And so that can be related to gut health as well, because this is found in the gut. So making sure that like you were saying, you know, we're having all of those good fiber, fruits and vegetables, a variety of things. And we'll kind of refresh you on those tips at the end of this podcast um, to make sure that, you know, you're balancing your gut in the best way that you can. You know, I always find that it's so interesting. There's so many links between our body, you know, physical activity that can affect your mood, that can affect your hunger. Well, what you eat, how you basically treat the space of our gut can also affect those things. So depending, it can affect how you're feeling. So really, really cool to take that deeper dive into our body because we usually see like what's on the outside, right? We don't think about the internal aspects. So I'm learning something new too. It's really interesting. That's why they call it, you know, you've probably heard the gut brain connection, the the guts, the second brain, you know, some people say the first brain, that kind of thing. It's because you've got these pathways, these different interactions, you know, going on, and we won't get into the science of everything, but you have those different pathways and communicating areas. Um, So, you know, if that serotonin or your GABA or any neurotransmitter that is made or found in the gut, it could be dopamine, even it can be um, norepinephrine, you know, like kind of like your adrenaline. Um, these are communicating to your brain because that's signaling to your brain like, hey, I'm I'm happy and I'm feeling good, right? But it's being made in your gut. And so you sometimes, you know, we might put pressure on ourselves of like, oh, I don't feel a certain way. Well, I didn't eat all day or I ate really crappy last night. And so my stomach hurts. So maybe that's why I'm not really motivated and feeling good like I should be today. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. So obviously there's the flip side of treating your gut good, and then having some dysfunction. So what are some of these dysfunctions that we see or that they might come up in, obviously, today's culture? Yeah. So, you know, the gut can have these dysfunctions and it can be caused by stress. Stress is a big one for the gut. Um, Inflammation, of course. And we did do a whole podcast on inflammation. So, go ahead and listen to that because we won't dive too much into that, but it does have an effect on the gut. Um, And then of course, poor gut diversity. And this can come from our standard American diet, um, where we're not having a variety of foods and feeding our gut microbiome, which we talked about. Um, And that's when, you know, maybe you're having more white 
white plate, you know, foods all the time, and you're not having any color, you're not adding any fiber, you're not adding to your gut microbiome. And it's kind of not supporting it in the way that it should be to make these, you know, maybe neurotransmitters, maybe decrease inflammation, support digestion, support absorption, all of these different areas of your of your health. Stress can definitely be downplayed. We want to fill our plate to the brim. So sometimes it's okay to take a step back (laughs) because not only will taking a step back decrease your stress, but it also helps decrease that inflammation. And there's a cause and effect that we see. Um, I remember, I can't, well, I can't remember the book that I was listening to, but I remember they were talking about um, actually a study in um, a psych ward somewhere where this this man was severely depressed. He was basically catatonic where he just sat there as a statue, didn't talk, didn't do anything. He ate and he slept. That was basically the degree of what he did. Um, and this doctor, this physician went in and said, we need to try something different than just highly medicating him right? And they took a nutrition approach. They started feeding him good food versus whatever they were feeding him in that facility. So as they started feeding him better food than the standard American diet, he actually started getting better. And he was able to come off of those medications and he was becoming less depressed and having less anxiety and, you know, other mental health issues that he was having were significantly dropping because of his diet. And I I truly think this relationship between the brain and the gut that correlates with what you're eating and how you're feeling. So just wanted to share that little tidbit. If I remember the book, if I find that book or find where it was from, I will definitely, uh, we'll definitely leave it in the show notes because I found had to be really, really cool. And that is cool. And that's a good point that I'm sure we both bring up with our patients a lot is also, you know, you're eating this way and it it's a two-way connection. So it's your, it's a gut brain connection. So your brain might be saying one thing, but your gut saying another thing. Like you're like, I really want to eat healthy and I really want to have my vegetables, but your gut's craving these sugar and fried foods that, you know, you're used to having and you're trying to make a change. And you don't feel like it's, you know, working, or maybe that you don't have enough quote willpower to make that change. But sometimes it's because your gut is so off, or imbalanced, or your stress is so high that your gut can't, you know, catch up. And so I always remind my patients and clients and people that like, they'll be like, Oh, I made a small change. And I did, you know, added broccoli to my nose. I'm like, that's amazing, you know, because sometimes it is, it's really hard to make those changes and to stick to them because you're working in two different areas at one time. Absolutely. Absolutely. One last thing, and then we'll move on. Um, (laughs) I saw this today. And I just I, honestly, I saw it. And I just I had to stop and think for a second, like it was just crazy. It said something to the degree of eating whole foods. When, when did eating whole foods become a diet? Because in our culture, eating whole foods is so far out there because everything's processed, everything's packaged or it's pre-made. 
And whenever someone is truly just eating whole foods, it's becoming a diet. And it's really not a diet. It's just a way of eating that our ancestors have done for years and years and years. And I was shook by that. Whenever I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh. On that, because I was had the same conversation today, like what is normal is going to be the next podcast after the next for diets, because it's very skewed. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. I think that's true. Okay. So next thing is what is the impact of stress on the gut? What, what are we seeing? What is, what are the types of stress that we're seeing? Kind of take me through that. Yeah. So, I mean, the stress can come from many different areas of your life. Of course, like any kind of physical or emotional stress, um, it can be a happy or a sad stress. It could be you bought a new house or it could be I just lost my job. You know, it could be anything. It could be feeling some kind of way. It could be any kind of environmental toxic burden um, that, you know, maybe certain things that you're always around or the area that you live in um, is super toxic and your body can't discard of those toxics toxins fast enough, um, creating a source of stress in your gut. It could be over-exercising, excessive exercising, you know, making sure that you're not having too much stress in that area. Um, because whenever you are over-exercising or under-eating anything like that, you're having these different hormones and cortisol and stress pop up, which will, you know, impact your gut and your gut health overall. So those are kind of the sources of stress. And what that stress can look like is, like I said, you know, releasing the cortisol, but also it can impact those neurotransmitters we were talking about. Like it can impact your serotonin. Um, it can alter your microbiome where it's affecting your gut bacteria. And the hard thing about affecting your gut bacteria, especially long-term with like long-term excessive exercise, long-term toxic burden, um, it's hard to build that gut bacteria back up and get it to where it ever was before. Um, so that's a really important thing, you know, just to be mindful of the the stress that we have in our lives. And if we can decrease it, you know, sometimes we can't. And if we can't, then finding other ways to support our gut health, which hopefully will give you guys some good tips on. Yeah, that's that's all really interesting. You know, it's some of the things you don't think about. You think, oh, I'm just exercising. Like I'm, my goal is to exercise five times this week. Or, you know, I heard someone, oh, I, I went and worked out in the morning and then I ran in the afternoon. And, you know, some of those things like the over-exercising and kind of pushing your self to the limit or the CrossFit games just went on. And these people, these are elite athletes, obviously, like they're pushing themselves so hard and exercising for hours and hours and hours. Like, what is that impact? We don't really know. Some of these endurance athletes, we don't really know what that impact of their gut looks like. So it's just interesting. There are so many different factors. So with that being said, what are some impacts of inflammation on the gut that we need to be mindful of and need to make sure that we're paying attention to? Right. So inflammation kind of is the same way. It can affect your uh, microbiome kind of splitting up that tight connection and tight junction of the gut that's kind of keeping everything out and where it should be. Um, and inflammation can come from many different areas, of course. I mean, once your gut health is off, you 
you likely have inflammation, you know, because those different cells and different bacteria or whatever it is are getting different toxins are getting into places where they're not supposed to be and your body has to fight that off. And that's all that inflammation is. And sometimes inflammation is good. You know, we definitely need our body always, you know, immune system response on, but we don't want too much of it where our gut health might be too far gone. And we, you know, have, too many different things in places we don't want it in our bodies and where our bodies are always fighting, you know, to keep us healthy and to keep the gut healthy and to keep the blood healthy and all of these things whenever it can't focus on, you know, just digesting and absorbing and, you know, using food the way that it should. That's whenever you might see these issues of like digestive issues pop up. And so that's kind of a signal, you know, or a symptom that you can look at if you're saying like, oh, well, what if I am stressed? Or what if I have inflammation? Well, you know, things that you can look at would be, do you have digestive issues? Are you going to the bathroom every day? Um, Your immune system? Do you go around a kid and you're sick immediately? Or, you know, are you able to tolerate all foods um, the same? You know, there's, there's a couple different things that you can look at there. How can you handle exercise? Mm -hmm. How can you handle stress? Maybe you're terrible at handling stress and that could be you or that just could be your gut function, you know? Yeah. Like what's the cognitive fun- function look like? You know, what does your word recall look like? If you're tired, that's one thing, but if you're constantly day after day, unable to recall words, whenever you're having a conversation or your memory is slower, that can actually be related. Same thing. Like if you're used to having bowel movements every day and then you're really like straining to go to the bathroom, like things are not moving and firing the way that they're supposed to. So we definitely have to pay attention to some of those signs. And it's hard because I fall trapped to this of like, I want to work out every day and I want to do all the things every single day. Like I want to make the most of my, however many hours I'm awake, whatever minus eight, 16 hours I'm awake. Right. I want to like go hard (laughs) for 16 hours. And then whenever I hit the pillow, like I'm asleep, but that's not really like the best way to go because at some point, not only physically you hit a wall, but the rest of your body, your gut in particular, that is stimming to your digestion, to your brain, even to different organs and your muscles is kind of saying stop. I, I almost think of your gut as like the control center for your whole body. Like, hey, I have control until I don't. And then things go haywire. <laughs> it's definitely true. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, with with a lot of people that we see, and I think this is another hard thing about it is these are all the impacts and you might have a sign or a symptom of this. And, you know, you have to do testing or some sort to look at what's really going on. And that's where it it gets hard because you might just want to be like, I'm just going to do everything and fix all my problems. And you don't really know what's going on inside. So trying to, you know, you can, of course, practice everything, all the little tips perfectly, but you might have a lower or deeper, you know, root cause of something like why is your stress so high? And are you really addressing that stress? Why are you over exercising? And does that need to be addressed? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. 
So next thing, next thing that we're going to talk about are the impacts of gut diversity. So first of all, what is gut diversity? Yeah, so the gut diversity is kind of like we've been talking about that microbiome, having those different bacteria in your microbiome. Your microbiome is the gut bugs basically in your gut, in your uh, gastrointestinal tract. Um, and you want to have a diversity here because you need it. There's so much research coming out with different bacterias, having different connections to different things, some to immune systems, some to skin, some to brain, some to, you know, literally every single different part of your body. Um, and so a lot of the things that we were kind of just talking about and the signs and symptoms that you might see, you will see with the impact of having, you know, a good, if you have a good gut diversity, you you likely wouldn't have those symptoms, but your brain can be altered if you don't have good gut diversity, your gut's altered, um, your digestion, your gastric emptying, you know, all of the, the way, the amount of time that you're hungry throughout the day, the amount of time that you're full, you know, how your body signals to you, all of these things, your memory, like Brittany was saying, um, Basically, all those little symptoms that we just listed, um, any kind of GI issues, digestive issues come up whenever you have impacted gut diversity. Yeah, so it's really important to keep the, the gut flora healthy as best you can, not only with diet, but some of those outside factors. Because like you said earlier, once it's gone, it takes a long time to build back up. and some of that stuff can be affected by other things like antibiotics, antidepressants, um, so SSRIs, a lot of people are on those. Um, and if you need to be on them, that's one thing, but that would be a really good time to work with a dietitian to make sure that you are maximizing what you can maintain and build up your microbiome and continue to have a healthy gut flora because that stuff, you know, if you guys have ever taking, taken, um, antibiotics, a lot of people have diarrhea and that's a really common symptom for someone with gut dysfunction is something called IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, having diarrhea all the time. So those antibiotics, they wipe out not only the good bacteria, but they wipe out the bad bacteria, which is what it's supposed to do, but it doesn't discriminate against any type of bacteria. So it's there to just wipe it out. So we need to make sure that we are staying on top of it. If you ever have to take an antibiotic, or if you're ever on an SSRI at any point, <clears throat> because we want to make sure that we're able to maintain that diversity and integrity of not only the gut, but of the gut lining, because like Kristen was saying, we want to keep those junctions tight. We've talked about this in previous gut podcast episodes, but those tight junctions, if they separate, that's when the leaky gut happens. And then you're more and more prone to diarrhea, the bloating, constipation, a whole host of things that you probably could live without. <laughs> That is very true. So some little tips and tricks, and we'll kind of work in those misconceptions as we go through all of the, you know, ways that you can still help your gut. And you've probably heard these, but just to reinforce them and make sure that we're all on the same page. And so these 
tips help with healing your gut that help with that gut brain connection and all of those, you know, things that we just kind of discussed and making sure that those neurotransmitters are balanced. So one of those first things, of course, is going to be a food first choice. So shifting your foods from artificial sweeteners, from processed foods, from decreasing sugars, anything like that, to adding whole foods, lots of raw foods, if you can tolerate them, or when you can tolerate them, Um, a whole host of, you know, fruits and vegetables. I've heard it said, you know, like 30 different fruits and vegetables a day, like up to that amount. I like to say every color of the rainbow every day. So you're getting every different color of a fruit or vegetable, um, kind of working herbs into your diet and making sure that you're eating a variety of foods, you know, and not buying the same groceries every single week and eating the same foods every single week. Yeah, I think if you struggle with variety, make your goal this coming week to have five different vegetables every night of the week. Start there. And then the next week, try to do those same five vegetables and then add in some more. Add in three more, add in five more and try to make sure that you're spreading out that variety and then adding in um, throughout your day. Right now it is summertime. You know, there are so many more vegetables available, but that doesn't mean whenever we hit winter that there aren't vegetables available. Frozen vegetables are such a great option. Even if you have like a garden or there are really good fresh vegetables right now, go ahead, chop them up and throw them in the freezer so that you can have them later on. We want to make sure that you have a good variety. Like he said, like having such a good variety throughout the week, throughout your day, having colorful plates. She mentioned it earlier, having like a plain or a white plate. We want to make sure we have color, at least two to three different colors on your plate. And then, you know, you're hitting the marks. But that would be that would be really, really helpful. Yeah. And I like this misconception here listed is that all natural and organic foods are good for gut health. This is not true. Because I can't remember what it was I saw the other day is like organic cereal or whatever. That cereal may be, but it may not have any kind of fiber. It might not have any actual nutrition content in there. It's just maybe a processed cereal that they said, hey, this is organic. Now, there are really good actual organic cereals out there, but this is just to say that it doesn't always mean if it's, oh, it's natural or, oh, it's organic, that it's necessarily good for your health and good for your gut health. Um, so that's a really funny misconception that kind of goes along with, you know, eating whole foods and fruits and vegetables. Um, of course, if you can do organic fruits and vegetables, that's great. But like Brittany said, anything is better than not having it at all. So, yeah. So what are some other things that can help you, um, as far as your nutrition is concerned with helping your microbiome and your gut health? We've mentioned some of these before. Um, but I think supplements, which, which of those could be beneficial? So we have our omega-3s are usually um, helpful for 
Um, specifically like the gut brain connection, because these will boost our mood and the vagal tone. If, if you've heard our cholesterol podcast, this is where that reference comes in. Um, we talked about why fat is actually good, why we need it, what it is, you know, used for your brain is actually surrounded in is fat, you know, so having those good, healthy fats to support that gut brain connection, um, you can supplement with omega-3s or you can just eat really good, you know, uh, salmon, wild caught fish, uh, cod, halibut, anything like that. Any of those really good fish um, to get your omega-3s. It's recommended to have that fish two to three times a week. So I'm always telling my patients like, why don't you eat fish? Avocados, nuts, you know, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love a good probiotic personally trying to make sure that taking that not all the time I personally cycle through whenever I do take it because it's not needed all the time but in times like uh traveling I make sure to take a probiotic we're going to talk about travel on our next podcast so be sure to tune in um to see what our our wellness and health routines are around travel that we make sure to um keep us healthy and, you know, not sick, but I do like to take a probiotic lactobacillus is usually the one that is the most common probiotic in that type of supplement. Um, so that can be really good, but not necessarily always needed, but if you're taking an antibiotic, if you're taking an SSRI, that can be something to help combat those medications to, again, hold up the integrity of the microbiome. And along with the probiotic, I love this misconception of probiotics always improve gut health. This is not true because like Brittany cycles through them, she doesn't always take them. You may not need it. You may need a, there's so many different strands of probiotics there's amounts of probiotics in the supplements um they're specific to specific things you may have way too much of one and you may be taking a probiotic that is giving you more and more and more that you don't need of a certain strain um so it's not necessarily always true that you need a probiotic for improving gut health um i would say that the only way to really figure this out is to work with a dietitian and talk with them because it's our job to, you know, analyze what you're eating and try to help you with that and do testing that's necessary. So as far as the lifestyle is concerned for helping us, um, kind of already touched on this, but truly be aware of what medications you're taking and what those effects look like, um, on, not only your overall health, but on, on your gut health, and then try to decrease how much alcohol you're consuming. Um, this is going to increase toxins. It's going to be harder on your liver. Um, it's, it's something that it takes time. It also, if you listen to our blood sugar podcast, it takes a lot of time for your blood, uh, to your liver to process the alcohol and it has an effect on your blood sugar whenever that happens. So you have an effect, not only that 
time that you're drinking alcohol, but the ne- into the next day or into the next 24 hours. So that is something to consider. Um, we've talked about this too on the inflammation podcast, but try to remove toxic products in your house. There's definitely really good resources out there to look up different products that you you buy that could be shampoo, conditioner, soap, dish soap, laundry detergent. Trying to decrease those products can be really, really helpful, the toxic products. Um, I'll link some of those websites that you can check your check your products in the show notes if that's something that you're interested in. I know right now we are slowly in our household, we are slowly switching things out as we run out of, say, for example, shampoo and conditioner. I'm trying to get a less toxic shampoo and conditioner. We've already made the switch with our dish soap and with our laundry detergent. It is basically all clear, no fragrances, no toxins. I know you guys are doing that as well, Keith. So maybe you can add some insight on that. We need Branch Basics to sponsor this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, Branch Basics, what's up? (laughs) Yeah, no, they're super good. I love, uh, yeah, we are definitely, it takes time, but we've switched over a lot of the things. Um, A lot of your cleaning products have such harsh chemicals and toxins in them. And honestly, if you have the time and you have the wherewithal to make some of the cleaners, it's super easy. A lot of the natural cleaners have household things in them that don't have toxins like white vinegar, soap, bleach. I mean, I guess bleach is kind of harsh, but it doesn't, it's just one thing. It's not like multiple, um, like a toilet bowl cleaner has so many different chemicals in it. And it's just insane. Like Some people wear a mask whenever they are cleaning their home because they don't want to smell the fumes. And so that is definitely something to consider that, okay, well, maybe we should not be consuming those things anyways. Going straight to your gut. And kind of on the topic of like cleansing and detoxing, I really want to this conception of gut health always requires cleansing and detoxing. Like you don't need to do a detox cleanse every month. You don't need to do it every six months. Your body is designed, your kidneys, your liver, everything is detoxing you every single day. Now, if you have a different issue, then you can work with your dietitian and they can help you and give you supporting, you know, nutrients and foods that may help support that detox pathway. But the thing with doing a detox or a cleanse is usually it's some kind of like starvation diet and you just ruin your gut health because you don't get any nutrients, any fiber, anything in for like a few days because you're drinking a juice or eating a protein bar and that's just not giving you what you need. So you're really doing more harm than you are doing good. Um, so I, I always hear that. I feel like, oh, I need a detox and I totally get it. Like sometimes you feel that way. And you may need to support ways, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your gut, you know, like you need to go starve yourself because you feel like you need a detox or a cleanse. Yeah, that's such a good point. Our body is designed to do all of that, but we also have to support our body as well. So you you can't just treat it like crap and like eat fried food all the time and eat packaged food all the time. 
then maybe you do need a detox. <laughs> but if you're eating well, you know, say nine out of 10 times, we don't need to go to the extreme. We don't need to be stepping into those juice cleanses and all that, all the silliness. Yeah. But overall, I mean, so what are, yeah. So what are some other lifestyle modifications that do help with gut health? Yeah. So overall, the lifestyle modifications would be, you know, the mindfulness, maybe doing meditation, looking at your stress, looking at um, your exercise routine, you know, anything that in your life that you can kind of evaluate kind of what we said earlier. If you are looking, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, I have this symptom, I have that symptom, um, you know, do some self-care, maybe evaluate where is this coming from? Can I support my body in a different way at this time? Um, maybe mood related to different foods, things like that, you know, so overall, just those lifestyle, making sure that you're sleeping well. We've done podcasts on so many of these topics. So if you're like interested in a specific one, go to the to that podcast and listen to it. And if you need us to do um, a podcast on it, we surely will. But it's just important to note that gut health is not the same for everyone. And the reality is that it can change like meal by meal and you might feel totally different and you do the next day because it's it's impacted by so many things your lifestyle your day your day your mood um your genes you know what you ate for work or for lunch at work versus what you ate for lunch at home you know like can be totally different so your environment exactly mm -hmm. just important to remember that it does change and it does evolve um but you know being mindful of it and and looking at these things is just helpful to try to support our bodies in the best way that we can. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Any other misconceptions you want to tell us about? Okay. Let me get one more. Um, I actually love this one. A low carb diet is best for gut health. This is like so far from the truth. Um, it's, it's really crazy. So Actually, what, you know, short term low carb can be beneficial, you know, for a period of time for your gut health, but long term low carb diets deplete your gut bacteria, because carbohydrate foods actually su support and produce different bacteria in our gut that that bacteria need to feed off of to, you know, sustain and live and be there. And so, we may think like, oh, I'm going to cut out all carbs and I'm going to feel amazing. Well, you probably won't. And part of the reason is going to be that your diet's not balanced and you're depriving your gut bacteria of certain nutrients called butyrate that your body needs to feel good. Um, so I think that that's a really important one. That's probably a whole topic we could dive into, but we won't do that to you guys right now. So yeah, we should definitely do a carbs are good podcast. I would love to, I'd love to dispel that myth. So awesome. Well, you guys, that is going to wrap up our gut series. So please share this with someone you think it would help. 
If you're not already, go ahead and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you are listening to this. We will um, be trying to come out back regularly scheduled on the first and the third Monday of every month. So this one should be dropping on the third Monday of August, and then we'll be back to regular scheduled programming through September and the rest of the year. Um, if you guys have any questions, please drop them in the comments. Um, Spotify has a section for that, or you can message us through Instagram. Um, obviously, you can find us on Instagram. You can follow me, Brittany, at Britt.Greenwood or at Own Your Nutrition. And Kristen, where can they find you? I changed my Instagram handle, guys. It's holisticdietitian.key now. So follow me there. <laughs> Want to work with us? You can find me at Healthy Steps Nutrition. I do individual nutrition coaching and um, it's really beneficial. I usually work with clients anywhere from six months to two years, and we are constantly working on stuff. And Kristen, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm in Lafayette, Louisiana at Acadiana Center for Natural Health. So you can message me or call the office to make an appointment. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Okay, see you. Bye. Bye.